Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 366 of the JV Club with my phenomenal guest, Stephanie Widows Walks. Goodness, this was a good one. Um, I mean, listen, I don't mean to be patty on the backy, uh, but just you'll get it. It's just we listen. We went there. It's my favorite kind of episode where there's laughter and silly and crazy and bonding and also intense and honest and just unapologetically going there. So I hope you enjoyed as much as I enjoyed recording it. It was, uh, as I say on the podcast, a a, a welcome uh, respite from, you know, the just cacophony of noise that's sort of in my head all the time, um, where 85 different emotions are at play at any given time, all in opposition with one another, seemingly. If you are uh, affected directly uh, by uh, the coronavirus, um, either yourself or friends, family, co-workers, if anyone you know is suffering from it, my heart is with you. Uh, and my heart is also with all of you who are just uh, trying to keep the rest of humanity safe by isolating and by participating in this very strange worldwide experiment that we are all a part of. So I wish you all well. If you want to give me a, a, sh- a shout, write me uh, at Janet at JanetVarney.com. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know how you're using your time. I've gotten uh, wonderful emails from a handful of you. And it's so uh, good to just hear what you're up to and uh, know that you're out there. I couldn't have taken longer to swallow just then. I'm not sure what that was about, but I'm on the other side of it and I'm feeling good. All right, friends, talk to you soon. Hit it. We're getting revenge on something. I mean, Jesus. We're gonna we're gonna show someone something about yeah. something. Yeah. We're showing a lot of people a lot of things. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. But you're so you're you're in LA, yes, correct? I am. Are you New York? No, no. I'm actually oh, in Texas. So it's like it's oh, like Oh, that's right. Really, of course you're in Texas. Yes, yeah, yes. It's yes. like really you know, it's a it's a red state, but we're we're confused because we've got these extremely <laughs> liberal cities. So I'm yes. in Houston, and it's like a very blue city, and then we're sure. surrounded by <laughs> by red. And um, oh, our government, you know, is uh, our statewide government is uh, the worst, and our local government is typically the best. But like their response to this has been bizarre you know it's like yes stay in but also my son's fucking daycare is starting to be open next week i'm like what my uh better half is from san antonio um so i've spent you know a lot of time in in texas there both there and in austin which is close by and yeah and uh i've been to houston a couple of times and yeah it really is kind of a remarkable state in terms yeah. of like it and and in some ways almost the only other state you could compare with california in that sort of like we could just be our own country totally like both both states are sort of like oh yeah oh yeah, yeah? totally yes yes i mean like the only difference is like most like texas is like you know with their guns and things i mean texas is it's like <laughs> right. it's like a ridiculous and i i actually got a law passed here two years ago no three years ago now 
it was the most shining accomplishment of my entire life because the legislature here is just so uh, terrible. I mean, like their their principles are just the worst, you know. Um, and like I just learned so much about how government works and how things work in red states. And um, what I don't uh, know. what what did you have passed? Just so, so my, people know. Yeah, yeah. My my daughter uh, was born with hearing loss. My son mm-hmm. too, but it's a different kind. And so um, she was born. They were like, "Here's the deal." Um, there, you know, this is totally a manageable thing. Uh, the way you need to manage it is by giving her speech therapy as a baby and mm. putting hearing aids in her ears immediately. And mm. all this early intervention will be marvelous for her and she will succeed beyond your wildest uh, dreams. Right. And I was like, great. Okay, cool. Um, so here, here's my insurance. <laughs> and they were like, oh, actually, those hearing aids that cost $6,000, they're not covered. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me, what? <sighs> And that sort of like set me on a a spiral of like, what the fuck? Um, That is insane. Uh, They're considered cosmetic, which is just so. I know. I know. I'm like, have you ever seen hearing aids on a baby? I mean, it's just like, yeah, totally bananas. And I am like a. um, So like I have tons of anxiety and, and rage and like depression and all that stuff. And the way that I. Um, deal with that is by channeling it into like serious action. So like whenever I'm like just like deeply depressed or something, I'm like a weird person who doesn't just lay down. I want to like do things. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. Um, but anyway, it was like my brother died and I'm sure we'll get into that, you know, a little bit, but he had died in February and literally like two months later, I found this change.org petition and got involved in this in this legislation and basically the woman who was um managing it initially was this audiologist a pediatric audiologist she ended up getting cancer and she's good she's good she's totally great now but she was very sick and Mm. um basically like me and two other moms who also live in texas and are just like a bunch of badasses uh (laughs) we like teamed up and for like three years we fought the texas legislature and won i mean we ended up getting the bill passed and it and it's for all um kids under 18 in the state of texas insurance is mandated to cover hearing aids and cochlear implants and anything like that and they were not before september 2017 yeah first of all yeah massive congratulations (laughs) it sucks when it's i mean it's the fact that it has to be something that should have already been a thing is sort of like just the you know to the driving force of like really year this is taking years guys years yeah, yeah um but also like you know how 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 wonderful to I think for any of us who have experienced actually seeing an impact and understanding that that's possible is such food for the soul in you know as 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 hard as it is and as big of a headache as it is to feel like you've had you've made any kind of change or imprint in a time when you know people feel so helpless for one reason or another you know um yeah that's that's really good to hear yeah so uh, pun intended oh thank you so much well no my husband actually went to testify the first thing when he like went to the committee he wrote this beautiful speech and, and the last thing he said was like 
Do you realize the irony of the fact that this is called a hearing and we are sitting here debating like the cosmetic or non-cosmetic necessity of these devices that will help these babies learn to hear? I mean, it's like it's so bananas and it's so it's interesting because like. I have been a hot fucking mess since 2015. Like my world mm-hmm. since 2015 has just been like a puddle of of disaster and grief. And now it's that not the unlike whole, my life actually. Now great. that you said well, that, yeah. So like, okay, so here's my question for you because if you are in that same boat, I feel like this is a weird thing to say. So um, bear with me. But like now the whole world is fucked up and grieving. And I'm like, hey, guys, welcome. Like this is this is where I live. Welcome to my yeah. home. Um, I know we're all panicking, but like this is a, fam- a familiar sensation of right. feeling like nothing's in my control. Everything's falling apart. The sky is falling right. like this is where I live. This is my home base. Um, yeah. So stay a while. Make some tea. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I don't want to I, I certainly don't want I mean, like, I, I and, and maybe this is not true for you, and that's also fucking super okay, and everything is what it is. I feel like there are some of the things in my life in the last, you know, five or so years have been the best I've ever experienced in my life, uh, and but certainly alongside with by far the hardest, by 100%. far the hardest, hundred thousand million and, percent, and very yes. much that feeling of like I'm so t- I was so tired of hearing myself say. I just, I just want a little while where something isn't like deeply sad or wrong. Like mm-hmm. I just want a little while. And so I very, very, very much empathize and understand with, I, because I, because I said the same thing, I think, you know, I, I, with a, with a sense of like, how guilty do I need to feel about this? A sense of, of course, no one's wishing anything on anyone, but now that we're here there is something comforting for people who have gone through personal tragedy, personal trauma, you know, those kinds of serious issues, those challenges to not feel like who's going to understand this or, you know, people are in their own shit and I get it. And there's only so much I want to lean on people for and that all that kind of stuff really flew out the window with this because it was like, no one is ever not going to understand whatever it is you're feeling (laughs) at any given moment. Like everyone understands yeah, and everyone is in it, you know? And that's, it's such a, like grief especially is so lonely. And so, you're just like used to experiencing it by yourself. You're just like, oh, yeah. I'm 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 trapped in hell inside my mind. You yeah. guys look like you're having a great fucking time on the right. internet. So good for you. Right. I want right. to die. Like I am I am like dead, <sighs> you know? And yeah. it's like it's a very interesting thing when everyone's experiencing like like the same communal sense of grief yeah. and loss and confusion and all that shitty stuff. Um yeah, and I do also want to echo like yes, 5 years for me too. Like my my daughter, I have two kids now. My daughter's 6. So like she was born I mean, my family, the people who I love more than anything in the whole world became into existence in the last five years, you know? So like totally, totally, totally. And also it's the fucking worst time of my life. So it's like, it's very confusing. It's It's very confusing. Which is how I feel about this too. It's like this, this thing, like I'm trapped at home with these amazing people. And like, I'm right. I saw, I told my husband the other day, like I'm 
I'm playing with my kids more than I've ever played with them. My daughter and I watched The Sound of Music today. I was like, look at this great musical about Nazis. It's so good. You know, like we... You know, Nazis so like, are very back right now. They're very hot right now. They're in everything. So you're you know, very au courant. Yeah, super on trend. I mean, the other day I was like, hey, do you feel stuck? Let's watch this documentary about Anne Frank. She was in an attic for two years. So let's like yeah. let's like put it in perspective. So it's like it's terrible. But then also there's this like very weird, lovely thing about it. It's really crazy. It's a crazy time. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And and so you were saying that you're the this the preschool or the uh I guess preschool, yeah, the, yes, the sort of child care is yes. about to... And, and, and so what are those in terms of like, you know, picking your battles? Because uh, obviously you have figured out how to do that. Um, is that a thing that you just sort of go, good luck to you? Like, so, okay. okay. It's or, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Like, um, so where my son goes, my daughter went there too. It's right next to our medical center. So Houston has the most phenomenal medical center we have md anderson cancer center we have like if you get sick you are in great hands here in houston Mm -hmm. and um so lots of the families who go there are doctors and nurses like healthcare people and so on the one hand um i'm certainly not (laughs) but uh, a lot of the people who go there are like these deeply necessary professionals and um so on the one hand i feel like yeah, they need somewhere to bring their kids so that they can sure. go save people who Got are it. dying. So there's there's that part of it. Um, but then there's like this other part of it that's like, yeah, but then and and they and they outlined they sent this massive document with like all these new rules. And one of the most hilarious things about it was that they were like, We're gonna try to keep the kids apart. I'm like, have <gasps> you ever wow. met met a two year old? Because my son licks my mouth every day every day <laughs> he's like do you do that mouth and ins- let me lick inside of it you know like right, it's right and like the other crazy thing that's happened since they've been home we've been here i've lost count of the days you know is that the sneezes and the runny noses and the little fevers he gets all the time because he's building immunity have just yes. stopped because he's not uh-huh. licking other kids mouths you know what i mean uh-huh. it's like so, so you're see you feel like you're actually seeing sort of t- the test results like yes guess what we are we are doing a field study yes. right, even as we speak and i am seeing that this has greatly reduced all it's crazy stuff. it's like it's crazy uh, to see it i'm yeah. like the disease in my own house is non-existent right now. I'm knocking on right. my wood because I, every time I say something out loud like that, someone you know <laughs> keels over. Yeah. I don't know. I just I yeah. like get very scared. But um, but yeah, it's it's amazing that they are healthy because they're not around germs. And so I know what's going to happen. So there's like one part of me that's like, yes, doctors, and then the other part is like, but you're all going to get sick, and then this is, and then we're going to all die. You know. So it, I have very right. polarizing. Um, thoughts all the time. It's it's yes. like part of how my brain works. I'm always like, yes. yes, this and then this, and it's always usually like this, and then this is the deadly thing. So, um, I don't know, I don't know. But you know what? But it's interesting you would say that because I think that's something that, um, we I've also been seeing like my, Brandon, my uh, my significant other. I don't. I am so bad. At, I guess we're. I feel like we're married, but we're not officially married yet because 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 people get keep getting sick and or dying and or like tragedy happens so so we keep not doing it but uh 
but you know we we talk a lot about like this sort of I mean this is a a, a bit of a, a a bit of a departure but but not really but like the this sort of idea that we're I mean I'm sure it's always been like this I don't know why it feels so pervasive right now but everything every story told for for the last couple of years feels like it's like um let me give you an example of a specific person because it's nonstop. it's like uh it's like harvey weinstein how could he have been this person but also create helped create mm. some of the best movies in blah 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 yeah this other person how could she be one of the seminal most you know uh, surgeons in the united states but also privately have blah blah blah, blah. like yes. this this idea of like really needing to reconcile and feeling like everything's has to be one or the other and i understand that that's like clickbait but at the same time it's so reductive and sort of silly that's like hey guys i can we not all like haven't we already evolved to the point where we can accept that we have to be able to hold two opposing things in our minds at once oh my like, god haven't we got there already where like we uh, like yes. most of life is a conflict in, All of in, it. when it's the big stuff you yeah. know <laughs> well it's so okay it's so funny because one of my friends i was she was like t- saying congrats like my podcast wrapped last week and she was like you know it's this huge endeavor and she was like congrats how do you feel and everyone's like how do you feel and i'm like sad like i've been complaining about it. I'm tired. I want to. I'm. I'm spending too much time on it. And then when it was over, it felt like a little bit of a death, you know. Like yes, when you've been absolutely. putting all of your energy into something, especially creatively, and then it's done, you feel like, well, yep. what the fuck do I do now? And yeah. she texted me, as Daniel Tiger so wisely said, sometimes you feel two feelings at the same time, and that's okay, you know. I'm exactly. like, that is so. Daniel Tiger is so smart. I mean, it's it's. Yes. It is very, 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 very true. And and I think the idea, like what you said, is that especially when it's big things, yeah. Um, I think that's like part of the DNA of feeling big things is that yeah. you do feel so conflicted. And that's why it's so hard because it's not nice and neat and you can't fit it in any box. That's and right. then you're just tired because you're constantly like, what box do I fit it in? Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Dave Hill from Before, and I'm very excited to bring Dave Hill's podcasting incident back to Maximum Fun, where it belongs. You can get brand new episodes every Friday on MaximumFun.org or, you know, wherever. And while my partner Chris Gersbeck and I might lack in specific subject matter on our podcast, we make up for in special effects. Chris, add something cool right here. Also, we have explosions animal noises, and sometimes even this. Dave Hill's podcasting incident, every Friday on Maximum Fun. Chris, do another explosion right here. Where is your spirituality living in terms of, if there, if, if, if any, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, sort of managing grief and, um, and, and, and are you pulling from a way that you were raised or not raised like how do you sort of and I know again that's like a five-hour conversation that I'm asking oh you to like put into a cute little nutshell but. oh my god you're tough yeah this is um <laughs> holy shit what is this show no um no 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 it's great it's great this is this is where I like to live in this space Good. um yeah so 
I were so we're Jewish. <laughs> so like um, worrying and anxiety like this, this like this like stereotype about Jews. It is true. Like I mm. I grew up with very um, worried women, especially um, and like like feeling sick, feeling panicked, feeling uh, like my grandmothers were of the scarcity mindset, you know, like yes. they, they, it was like, so, um, so I think like also like the, the need to control things like very dom- mm-hmm. domineering women, like yeah. very strong, uh, vocal women. And, 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 and like my mother is from Mississippi. So she's like a very confusing character because she's like this very delicate, sweet, Southern Belle in a lot of ways and she sounds like straight out of Steel Magnolias Um, but she was like raised Jewish in Mississippi and so like the KKK literally like came to bomb her house when she was a teenager like talk about fucked up teenage stuff and you know so she grew up in a a crazy thing and like she um, you know like this idea of um, like control basically and 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 she's like a, a a tremendous like neat freak and you know everything has its place and whenever i would leave to go to college or something she would like throw out all of my resale shitty clothes like you know like she like you know and, and like you can't even get mad at her cuz she's like so sweet and lovely but um but like i i like to control things like my 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 spirituality for a long time was like no i'm in charge you know like i yes. yeah i have a degree in directing i I want to control everything. And what happened yeah. five years ago is that really the day my daughter was born, that's a lie, really two weeks before my wedding, which is when my brother told me he was a drug addict, and is that I, this was in 2013. For, so like from 2013 until now, it's been this like massive education in I don't have any fucking control and I have to surrender to the fact that um, the world is going to do what it's going to do. And yeah. Um, it, that has shifted my course of my life, my, what I do, who I am, how I look at things, everything it has. And and I, that's why this like coronavirus thing too, it's like, so I'm not fighting against it in a way that I feel like I would have seven years ago. Like I, I, interesting. I have this like acceptance of like, yeah, the world will fuck you (laughs) again and again. Like that is just how it works. And like the whole like you know to live is to but suffer. But I think yeah, but all it's, that, your, it's like which sounds like when you put when you sort of put it out there in that way, you know, and and by the way, fair enough. But it is also like the the sort of flip side of that is we're talking about those those conflicting feelings or those sort of negative and positive is like, and it's not personal, right? It's not personal. It'll fuck no. you over and over, and it's not personal. And I yes, think there totally. is that, it's, that is ter- both terrifying to me mm-hmm. and comforting to mm-hmm. me, you know, and I think that's what Buddhism is all about. And that's why. And, and so I've been doing this like and that's why I asked is that, you know, yesterday um, I had uh, like a, you know, <laughs> I just I can't wait till there are more things than Zoom. All due oh, respect to Zoom because there need to be more things than just Zoom like Zoom is basically going to become like 
AT&T by the yes. end of this. It's just yes. kind of this giant monopoly totally. of like, this is the only way people connect with each other. Yeah. Um, Zoom is doing so, great through this. Yeah. So when I, you know, let's, you know, if in the future I'll be like, and I was on a Zing call <laughs> um, with uh, with a couple of, of friends that I've, you know, sort of been developing this this show idea with and, you know, uh, in the, in the guise of let's all try to keep connecting with our creative selves because that's important too and and all of that stuff stuff even as we're sort of like half sleepwalking half grieving half like feeling weirdly liberated by something undefined anyway so but I made the mistake of uh looking at the news uh right Mm. before we got on the call and I had been vigorously resisting that um uh, for you know a couple of days and I, I have the you know I have the I'm like I'm, I have the good fortune of being in a relationship with someone who is very much not an alarmist and is is cautious and careful and safe but also sort of already has is plugged into the kind of Buddhism of it all and, and mm-hmm. is sort of like you know I'm not so so he's going to tell me the things that I need to know for our own safety and for sort of you know what I mean but he's he's he has kept me from the death toll in blank has risen to blank and um and so I had not checked in in a couple of days and you know I barely had to read anything and I just started sobbing and then it was like ding time to get on the zoom call and talk about a show yeah and I was you know and so the my my first instinct was like I gotta text them and tell them I, I can't um and then the next thing I thought was like uh no like these are people who will understand again because this is not a private grieving situation I'm having where I have to keep it to myself like the, I'm, when when we get on the phone and they see that I'm crying, uh, they're not going to be uncomfortable. Like, I just knew, you know, I just totally. knew that, like, we can have, okay, I can tell them exactly what I just did. Like, here, guys, I made the mistake of doing this. And uh, and my, it, my friend Kirsten was one of the people on the call, and she's very much like me in that way of, like, how, what do I this empathy feels gross and useless and kind of just disgusting because it's so it's so strong and heavy and weighted but it feels like it's accomplishing nothing because I haven't like moved to Africa to become the white the great white hope or whatever you know just yep, like that yep. you can really go down that self-loathing totally. white guilt bullshit For sure. um and and so you know and 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 I was like and I just I feel so gross because I'm I'm crying and I'm and I'm I'm sobbing and I'm I'm you know I'm I all like I can't stop thinking about all the people who were just living their lives and now they're they're losing you know loved ones that they just it, like it's hitting so many people at once and what is the energy like you know in a place where that's happening and um and she said you know there is that she said you know what the, the buddhists would would say there is something powerfully important about that empathy because the fact that you are able to feel so much for someone else is changing the energy of the universe on some level, person to person, and that that's not meaningless. But at the same time, this is, you know, a practice that, and again, I've been flirting with it through friends and experts without sitting down and becoming a Buddhist because it's very difficult for me to like dedicate myself to something, even if it's going to change my life for the, for the better. Um, but everything I, that ever comes up about it feels very like, oh, 
yeah, well, that's it, which is basically the world will fuck you over and over. Yeah. And that's got to be okay because you can't control it and it's not personal. And yeah. live in the moment. Yeah. And, and just yes. and just feel your feelings. Oh God, and yes. but don't but don't be your feelings. And there, you know, and so yes. that was like I just, you know, I feel like whenever I'm really falling apart, some person in my life is like, well, you know, the Buddhists believe and and it's always like the the salve that I need in that moment, um, in a very pragmatic way, in a way that no other religion has ever provided for me. Because I've never responded positively to God has a plan you know or well in another life you probably like the you know yeah like where is this other life where where like I totally I mean there there are parts of Judaism that I that I like like I like the idea that that we're not really living for the afterlife it's like really like if you ask them what happens after they're like eh just be a good person now you know like yes there's, yes. there's a lot of Absolutely. like do good there's deeds now there's great stuff in Judaism you know? I wanted to be Jewish when I was a kid because all of my friends had the coolest families <laughs> yeah. and like the greatest attitudes and you know everybody was just yeah I could yeah. it was something we, I we like about. food and we're funny uh, typically <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. so like there, there's that but but, but religion has never been um, any anything that's ever given me guidance. It's never given me a spiritual guidance ever. I feel like the the thing the things that have solidified my worldview the most are like when things crumble and fall apart, and then I have to like rebuild them, and then I go, yeah. oh, like the sun does rise again. Like it, like yes. we, I will feel like I'm dying, but then the day will start again, and yeah. like I was going through my most profound crippling I can't get out of bed I really truly do want to die like not in an active way but like in a I'm I'm just done like I, I have right. nothing in my body I had a one-year-old you know and I had to continue to like do the routine with her and so yeah. You see, like, I had, like, a, a very weird experience of having, like, death and birth right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, like, a, a really insane spiritual time. It was, like, it was, like, oh, this thing is happening and this thing is happening and they coexist and you can't, uh, you can't control the ocean. You can't control the sunrise. Like, there are things that are bigger than me. Like, it was this yeah. very... Um, it's like everything crumbled and then I had to go, okay, like the way I, I always described it is that I feel like, um, when you, and the Buddhists are like so tuned into suffering, you know, like it's part of the deal. Yeah. And like when you have something really traumatic and you're suffering so greatly, I, I, I describe it as like a bomb dropping on, on your house and it just like levels it and it destroys it and there's nothing left and you're just sitting in rubble and, um eventually you have to rebuild and so at that point you get to look around and go well what what did I hate about this house like Mm. what wasn't working um Mm. and then how do I rebuild it in a way that makes more sense for who I am now and what I need and so like there's this really um it's so fucking cliched, but like when you're dealing with this stuff, like you get into the cliches that like out oh, of tremendous you start suffering. To lean, so like, oh, thank God this cliche exists. Yeah, that means no, there's something it's so true, true here. Like yeah. out of suffering comes rebirth, you know, like out of loss and tragedy comes something new. And I, so I feel like there's this, my friend and I were talking about this the other day, like the earth is kind of like, 
Oh God, I feel like people are going to be like, oh, you're the worst. Um, but they're like rivers are turning bluer no, right no. now. No, no, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. There is there is healing that is happening. A hundred percent. You know, and it's like. I don't know, like we we are all collectively crumbling right now, but there is going to be growth and progress and innovation from this that we need so desperately. It's almost like the the earth was like, everyone hold the fuck up for a minute and we need to reset, you know, and I feel like we're having like a global reset. It's crazy. Um, So I don't know. I no, I, com- I, com- I, I, listen. And again, what are we saying? We're saying to, to you hold those, both those feelings. Yes. No one, yes. you can say to, you know, no one wants to hear like, I'm sorry, your sister just passed away of uh, what's, you know, because she had some mild asthma and this thing just came up and took her from you. Uh, but isn't it great that the fish are coming back to the rivers? Like yeah, no it's... one is, but, and that person doesn't need, like the, both things are true. Yeah. Like it's fucking awful that you lose someone. There's just no one saying it's no one saying like, hey, you're not allowed to feel very, very upset, bitter, angry, broken. And also the fish are coming back to the rivers. I know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's no there's both things are true. And and, and it, it you don't have to let go of one to feel the other. I'm, yeah, I mean, I literally named my book Everything is Horrible and Wonderful, and this is how I feel about the entire world. I feel like everything yes. is absolutely the worst and miraculous. Like, yes. I, I just feel like uh, all the time. There are two separate poles. We are living in hell, and everything is glorious. <laughs> and like that I, is, I couldn't agree more. That is Did you it, have that's a my sense? experience. <laughs> Did you have a and And I know that you and I have obviously talked about sort of the feeling of being hit with a bunch of stuff you know, uh, within a, sh- a short period of time in in the grand scope of uh, however long we've been alive, which, of course, to people older than us is adorable. They're like, oh, are you old now? <laughs> I know. Are you mature? Uh, but <laughs> but uh, did you have a sense of that as a, as a, as a younger person? Because I felt like I thought I was feeling a lot of the agony and the ecstasy even as a kid because I was so emotional and mm-hmm. so anxious and so empathetic. And, you know, th- the levels to which you can plumb those depths become more and more apparent the older you get and the more shit that happens to you. Uh, but did you have a sense of that kind of thing when you were growing up? Or were you that kind of sort of sensitive kid who was 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 feeling things even if you didn't understand why or were you kind of more of a yeah I was like you said yeah anxiety I was always a feeler I was all I I my parents put me in my first like theater class at four they were like channel all of this energy do something with this totally (laughs) Totally. like you you are a mess like go do that there and um yeah, and is like it you, I, what was your family? What was your family structure? Was it your parents together? Mm-hmm. You Harris? Like who? What yep. was? What did that? We look were like? like a nuclear family. We were two kids, mom and dad, straight white people. You know, like and where was this? Uh, in Houston. Yes. Yeah. Um and yeah, like we had a very quote unquote normal childhood. Um, it's. It's fascinating because I I just unpacked this with um, Dr. Gabor Mate. I don't know if you know this dude. He is the trauma expert of the world. Um, Oh, wow. Heard of, but not not super familiar. He he came on my show. The only reason I got him on my show is because 
I had tr- been trying to reach out to him because he does all this work with trauma and addiction and like the link. And basically his his thesis is that every person who becomes addicted is traumatized as a child, that we're, that all addiction is the result of trauma. Mm. And I wanted to get him on the show so I could tell him that he was wrong because my <laughs> brother was not traumatized and he became addicted. So what do you have to say for yourself, sir? You know, right. and um, that's just like also who I am and have always been like probably people probably hate me in a variety of ways um <laughs> but like he wouldn't respond to my emails I was cold cold reaching him through the through the website his daughter heard me on comedy bang bang and she cold emailed me and was like hey I heard you on comedy bang bang I know you have the show about opioids I don't know if you've heard of my dad but he does all this work with trauma and addiction and would you want him to come on your show? I think he would be a good guest. Oh, my God. Isn't and that I was so like, crazy? Can you please hook me up with your father? Yes, please. And um, anyway, he basically came on and blew my mind open uh, in 100 Oh, ways. i got to listen to this episode. Oh, I can't wait. Please do. Um, episode 17 of Last Day. Um, it's called Drama. And I was like, yeah, so, you know, we had a great upbringing. So what's the deal? And he was basically like, okay, first of all, a couple things. One no two children have the same family no two children yeah. have the same parents Ain't that um, the truth. i say as an only child why am i trying to sound <laughs> smart <laughs> How gross. Um, well listen if you had any animals or <laughs> you know he was basically like your experience of your parents is totally different than your yeah. brother's experience of your parents and the way you yes. experience them is totally different and so you number one can't really assess what his experience was you can only assess what your experience was and yeah. also, like, trauma is not just horrible things, like Harvey Weinstein, you know, like, like right. that, like, right. that's not just trauma. There's trauma of feeling ignored by a parent who works and is never home. There's trauma yeah. of feeling like not held and hugged when you're going through shit that's terrible. There's trauma, like, uh, attachment trauma. There's all these, like, different things and... You know, he says this like honoring that there are like the aces and that actual deep, horrible traumas do exist for children and they will fuck you up, you know, beyond repair. But like I took the aces test where you assess your trauma and my score was zero, you know, and I was like, I'm still fucked up. So like obviously trauma reveals itself in a variety of different ways. But anyway. He was basically like, and does he, but and does he does he include? And maybe I'll just be finding all this out on my own. But is is there is there like is there an element of predisposition in terms of genetics and stuff like that as well that kind of can enter into the picture? Like yep. your experience of a minor thing may be more yep. traumatic inherently than someone else's because of the way you're wired. Totally. He was like, you've yeah. got like highly sensitive kids, you know, process yeah. things in very different ways than kids who have like less of that. Um, and I, I definitely like was always a very sensitive kid, but I was also like really, I'm sorry to use this word, like bossy. I, I like everyone <laughs> when I was growing up would just be like, you're so bossy, you know, like, and, and like, I see the characteristic that they were describing in my daughter. Um, and I wouldn't call it bossy. I'd call it like a whole lot of fucking confidence and like <laughs> just sh- she's sure of herself and she wants to do what she wants to do. And I think she's like less of an asshole than I was. I think she because my husband is like the nicest person that ever lived. I think that mm-hmm. she fortunately has a lot of him in her too. <laughs> so I feel like <laughs> like it balances like I'm like I will go take over the Texas legislature and Mike is like, you know, 
let me take time to smell the earth or whatever. Right. (laughs) So like she has kind of both of those things. But I think that because I was always like full steam ahead, I didn't allow things to knock me down as much internally. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I was like. I was like always creative and artistic and I always wanted to sing and dance and act and write and do all of these things. And I wanted to feel all the feelings, but like I didn't truly feel like um, a sense of like traumatic loss or like unraveling until I was like 16 or 15. And I talk about this like openly in my book and on my show, but I, I got pregnant like teen pregnancy and I, Mm. um, it was like the first time in my life that I uh, felt like a, hu- a huge sense of of suffering, like d- like agonizing depression, and you know it was a really hard experience. And and what I was talking about with Dr. Mate is that what made it harder is that my parents, because they were dealing with all their own stuff also, and like their shame around it. They didn't um, do the thing that I really needed at that moment, which was to like hug me and say, we love you and Mm. it's okay, you know, and like when you're 14 and you like fuck up so bad that you feel like you're just like the shittiest person in the world, which is how I felt, you know, my dad like didn't talk to me for a month. I mean, like, not even, like, like he didn't, like, mm. say, would you like a cup for your coffee? Like, I was a ghost, basically. And it's not because he was, like, fuck you. It's because he was so sad with his own, like, feelings of failure right. that, and I can and I, rec- I can recognize that now, but as a 14-year-old, I just felt like my parents hate me and I'm the worst, you know? Of and course. I'm a massive fuck-up and I'm a massive disappointment. And, and what I did at 15 is that I channeled it for the first time in my life into action so I was like I'm the worst I'm going to work really hard and make straight A's and be number 15 in my class and be the lead in the school play and I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm going to work 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 and then everyone will think I'm good and it was like a very clear um, life shifting thing like those were those tectonic plates kind of shift and you like change that was yeah. my first like moment of that as a human being where I became a different person. And to this day, what I literally identified on this episode, you got to hear it. It's so fucked up with this doctor is that I still to this day experience suffering and then work my way out of it, like in a right. manic way. Mm. Um, and so he's like, listen, you don't have to be addicted to heroin. You can be addicted to work. You can be addicted to like a lot of things. It's just that your addiction is like more accepted than maybe your brother's and it's not going to kill you. Your addiction benefits society. Yeah, exactly. And it's not going to kill you, but like it's going to make my daughter put a sign on her door that says no cell phones in my room. Here's the basket. Put it in here. And like feels like I ignore her because I'm working all the time, you know, like so like he was saying like your trauma will impact your kids if you don't like deal with it and get a handle on it because like my parents trauma impacted me and my trauma is going to impact them and like that's how everyone is fucked up you know well and too you know not to get not to drill this in too hard again because I know nothing about Buddhism but even just like hearing you say um that about your dad right as he's just like ensconced in all of this stuff that he's brought in from his own life and feeling like taking it on and being personal about it 
Um, it's such a gross oversimplification in moments where, like, I think it's not an oversimplification when you have the tools to take it on its most simple level. But when you are a maelstrom of confusion and heartbreak and, you know, feelings, someone saying be in the moment is like, you just want to punch them in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're like, be in the moment. Fuck you. I, Fuck of course you. I want to be in the moment. I'm in yeah. the moment and I'm in agony. But totally. I think, you know, one, if you're if if the idea is to sort of like understand and, and, and learn the tools of all of the stuff that comes along with that, that is far more complicated because it is about managing this load that we all carry around with us every day. Like if your dad could have been in the moment. Mm hmm. Right? What would he have? Could he have intuited and seen and understood better that that's what you needed? And if you're in the moment with your daughter, then she doesn't have to put that sign down the door and put the basket there. You know, it's like yes, that's 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 why it's a lifelong journey, and it's like it, it that it is something that you have to exercise like anything else. Like, well, if you don't move your legs, uh, you're gonna forget how to walk. So. You like you know what I mean you won't be able to your muscles were just atrophy totally. so th- nobody nobody's expected to be able to do that every moment it's just about can I can I be can I be can I train myself enough to check in with myself often enough that I can be present so that you know 20 years from now I don't go or my daughter doesn't or my son or my dad my dad doesn't have to go oh Oh, I get it. I was like, I was like just living in this whole other thing. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't see. I couldn't see, you know, yeah. that happens Don't, to all of us. Blinded, blinded by it. And and like I can, I can identify these patterns. Like when, when my brother died, he's still, my dad, my dad still like blames himself, you know, like he, and I think seeing how he responded to that trauma also helped me reflect on the way he dealt with me. And I was like, yeah. oh, my dad doesn't hate me. He hates him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he he feels, like, so much guilt for the fact that his kids are suffering and that he couldn't stop that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's this. And, my and like, he's 77. Like, he's, like, an old dude. He grew up in, like, the 40s. Like, it's, it's like, he's... He's like fucked up in a bunch of ways that <laughs> like <laughs> he has the knowledge that he has because of who, you know, it's just like when you start yeah. like zooming out and looking at everyone in that way, um, it's wild. And being able to like just constantly, I don't know, like it, it's, it's reframed the way that I think about my own parenting and like, I mean, I told my kid last night, I was like, listen, I make mistakes so much like I am I am wrong a lot you know so like I am so 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 sorry that my being on my phone is upsetting to you like I you are right I apologize I'm gonna try better I'm gonna try to do this better I'm gonna fail but I'm gonna try to do it better and and the other thing is like I say to her like oh I have to work I have to work I have to work and the thing that Dr. Mate was saying is like, you need to acknowledge and be honest about the fact that you work because it feels good. It does something right. positive. People don't have addictions because they feel like shit. They do addictions because it does something positive to them. It right. gives them relief. It, it you know, puts them at ease. It makes them feel happy. It makes them feel normal. It, you know, all the things you hear when people talk about 
addiction and like I've just been in this headspace like doing the show is that you need to acknowledge like what benefit are you deriving from that and then look at what that hole is that you're trying to fill with this thing and then like try to get around it in another way you know like so it's it's wild that I'm like like 40 and I'm like oh like I'm learning all this stuff about how I'm fucked up now and my kids are six and two and so maybe I'll be able to do it better you know it's it's but then on the other hand it's like my parents were so great like and this is what Monte said too he's like I'm not bashing your parents your parents love you more than anything and they were phenomenal parents my mom was like the PTO president of every school you know like she was like such an awesome mom and like we were the hangout house and we had this great family and we laughed a lot but also this stuff again here we right. go it's the theme of your episode I'm going to just tell you what the theme of your episode is <laughs> no I'm very comfortable with you it you can have two things that are true at the same yes. time um yes. you know and then like I've been to enough therapy that we also like grew up in a house where we had pretty liberal boundaries like my parents were like, you do what you do, we do what we do. You know, like they were very chase your dreams, go to art school, you know, with us, both of us. And um, because of that, like a lot of therapists in my life have told me that when you have a kid and there's like not um, really strict boundaries around this is how we do things here, that the kids kind yeah. of like bounce around and that that's why you feel anxiety. Like you you feel anxiety because you don't know that you're safe basically. And so right. my brain is apparently wired that I don't ever think I'm safe. And so I always like feel in danger and I always feel like afraid on some level and so I have to like be worried all the time. So it's Ugh. like I know, Boy, I know. Boy, that's I know. a song I, I recognize from <laughs> inside of every cell. <laughs> Did yeah. you, were your parents, I mean, did you grow up, like, were you well, in a strict house or a... Yeah, that's the funny thing is that I, you know, for me, I think it's, I think it, a lot of it is, it truly is just, like, how to, you know, bless their hearts, how two people handled splitting up, like, at an age where, you know, I mean, it's just very, it's very much, I think, the, the, the divorce story on some levels, like, you know, you can sort of look at... um the kind of kid I already was and then sort of what happened with my relationships to each of my parents when they split up and they were Mm -hmm. both you know shattered on some level and you know just navigating that and uh and I don't know if it's probably been a while since I've said this or maybe I've never quite articulated it before um uh, on the podcast but uh, I really kind of feel like I like my parents worked. I think of my parents essentially as two different people, like somewhere along the line, like my mom was this, I like, she was very much like this person to me from my perspective. Uh, and I think that's, you know, I'm not saying that's not common, but she really was like, I thought of her as this, 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 and this, and that's all it was. That's who she was. And it wasn't like me at all. And this mm-hmm. and that. And then at some point, like, in my early 20s she just was a totally different person like a totally different person and then I only saw her another way and only now in as I am losing her and I don't I honestly I'm not even sure that I've really talked about this on my podcast um, because I don't tend to talk as much about like current affairs Mm -hmm. Uh, but my mom has dementia and um, it's been uh, 
the hardest, you know, thing I've ever had to go through. It's absolutely the worst. It's, um, it's hard in such a spectacularly different way than losing someone immediately and unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. They are both absolute torture. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I don't feel, you know, the whole, I've, I've run the gamut of like, I don't feel old enough to go through this. Why am I an only child and my mom never remarried? I'm all alone. Like, Mm -hmm. how, you know, what do you do? How do you process this? How do you process missing someone while they're sitting in front of you? Like all of that is just the garbagiest feelings. And, but as I've had to process through this grief, um, I've, I think I've, I've come to put those two women together um, mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't realize I wasn't allowing myself to do. Like this person who was cold and icy and ignored me and smoked and made me go to church and all of these things from when I was a child. And then this like whimsical, adorable, childlike woman who, you know, was like, just making the most out of every moment in, you know, her 60s, who, you know, was like, just wanted to go to the park and like talk to the ducks. And that makes her sound like she already had dementia, but she just was very childlike (laughs) in such a sweet, adorable way. Um, Mm -hmm. And I felt so protective of her. Like I couldn't, I wasn't trying to reconcile those two women um, at all. And I, and I couldn't have if I had tried. And Mm -hmm. so only now am I somehow able to go, well, wait a minute, there were flashes of both of those women through my entire life. It's just so much of it. What had to do with what I was going through and like what, what, you know, what instruments are playing louder at any given time in a relationship between two people, you know, what is that, what is the landscape of that? And um, it's it's just, it's it's really intense. Yeah. <laughs> it's really intense. Well, yeah. And like what your parents, when did they get divorced? How old were you? They split up when I was four or five. And by that point, they were already sort of making sure they were never in the same place at the same time. Like, I think I mean, their marriage started to end when my mom was pregnant. Mm. Well, that actually is an actual ACEs. So like the adverse childhood experiences test, you should go on and take it. Um, It's like 10 things. And like being in a divorce household is actually characterized as a trauma of some kind, you know, like it, Mm -hmm. it does have, I think we like, we forget because it's just so common, you know, like everyone's parents are divorced that, that it is traumatic for children, but but there's something, and especially at four or five, I mean, that's like, you're four or five, you're like, your brain is like so vulnerable to being wired in certain ways, you know, yeah. that that will kind of like remain. I mean, my so my, my daughter's six. Last night I was putting her to bed and it's like so crazy. She, she, she doesn't really want to um, talk about feelings in the way that, I always wanted to talk about feelings like she's a very sensitive kid and very empathetic, but like she'll hold on to something and then it'll come out like two months later. So I think Mm. and that's like so weird for me because I'm like, let's talk about every feeling when we feel it right now, right now, right here. Like everyone sit down and let's hash it out. And she is not that way. And like I think the trauma and like of 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 and the, the stress of being out of school now for I don't know, two weeks and, you know, probably not going back and not seeing her friends and like being socially isolated as a six year old is fucked up. Like it is. Oh, my God. Absolutely. It is horrible for her. And like she starts crying, sobbing last night, being put to bed that her 
best friend two different times. She said, I'm your BFF. And Iris said, I'm your BFF. And her best friend said, no, you're not. You're not my BFF. And she's like, I mean, just hysterical, you know, like hysterical. And like, she's so hurt by it. And I'm like, man, like the world hurts when you're six. Like the world, you know, it's, it's like, and I, and in those moments, I'm like, okay, right now, the way that I respond to her is going to like build her emotional infrastructure. Like I can hear her and I can like validate her or I can be like, it's fine. You know, like I, and it's like crazy when you're, when you're like, I I am partially responsible for how this kid's like emotional landscape pans out, you know, like how it's terrifying. (laughs) That's terrifying. It's like, the way that I relate react to her, and that's like what I was saying about my parents. It's not, and this is the other thing Mate says. I love that this is like a Mate show now. Is that like it's not the actual adverse thing that happens that informs your response to it. It's not that like the world brings suffering and the world brings trauma. It's how you are responded to. So if you have a feeling and then someone's like, that's not a big deal. Or like brushes your feeling off or mm-hmm. makes you feel like it's not important or like or if you're not like hugged and held and validated like that, that will be more um, damaging than the actual experience of the trauma. Mm. God, that isn't that so. Yeah. Yes. Like how yes, we react. That makes to perfect things. sense. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, I'm just trying to react in a way that's like loving you know yeah um which is hard yeah I'm that's like a, that's yeah mm. 25 God. hours a day what? with them now yeah that's I my 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 friends who have kids I um again that's sort of a thing where you you like I you want to be able to I, I I'm glad that it hasn't been um divisive uh because I, because I want to be able to talk to someone like you who has kids but also understands just sort of the like either way we're all grown up and we're all kids and you know these things are happening to all of us versus I would never I, I don't want to get on the phone with you know somebody who is 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 being forced to come up with some sort of like curriculum because schools never prepared for something like this you know mm-hmm. and and be mm-hmm. a teacher and a parent and work from home and this and this and this and this um there are pieces of that that I just don't have to navigate but I'm glad that it hasn't been like well only parents can talk to each other about going through this because they know how much harder it is for them like I feel like we're still in a place where I can say this is this has been so hard and also I can't imagine how much harder it is for you or just how different hard it is for I you mean, you know with dude, having the, having a family the 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 emotional pissing contests uh I can't I can't I can't with yeah. them like I I cannot we don't need to compete for who has it the worst like everyone's fucked up and everyone is suffering and we're all like doing the best we can and i i am like so um i mean i've i've thought about this tons it's like my experience is my experience and yours is yours and mine is hard and yours is hard and it doesn't have to be that anyone's is harder you know it's like it, it being a person is really hard for every person and and like your the dementia thing like that is 
I cannot. I mean, that is deeply. Oh, my mom went through that with my with my grandmother. I saw like they were so close. And then like for your mother not to like fully recognize you or to have, you know, have those holes. It's like massively, massively grief, grief stricken. I mean, it's it's um, I'm sorry. That's a really hard thing that you're. Well, I, th- I thank you. And again, I, I, I'm acutely aware of just the different ways in which <laughs> we are exposed to pain and, yeah. and, and, and given pain and feel pain. Um, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's just different. And, and, you know, there's like, I, I had that kind of moment last night where I was sort of able to chortle to myself because she hasn't she doesn't know what's happening. She has no sense, I guarantee you, because her short term memory is also just so shot that, you know, from one moment to the next, she won't remember what's just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so like she would be so anxious right now. Like she, you know, she would be yeah. so she would overreact. I mean, this is a woman who developed a a fear of of lightning which by the way honestly she had a lot of really freaky shit happen with regards to like massive storms and like lightning striking near her but you know she would she had developed such a, a phobia about it that you know she would need to sort of turn every appliance off take off every piece of jewelry and and sit in a closet and mom I love you love you love you and I know you probably wouldn't want me to share that with people but I also feel like we need to all hear how broken we all are so that we can be healed um yeah. Uh, that, you know, I don't, I can't, it's hard for me to imagine what she would be going through right now. And I'm so fucking grateful that she has no clue. Oh my God. Like she's living on this earth and she has no sense, no pervade, you know, no, no sense that lasts more than maybe a person tells her it's going on and then it's gone. Like right after the person says it. So how are, how are you getting her to to socially isolate like it, it how is that she's in a home she's in okay. a home okay so okay. she's she's in a actually <laughs> she's in a fantastic jewish run organization Incredible. called handmaker yeah, in we, arizona we do and really they good. are really good ph- old, old old folks phenomenal <laughs> phenomenal it's such a wonderful wonderful place and i feel yeah i just um, I, I'm so, so, so grateful, uh, for them. And, and, you know, so they are on, you know, my concern obviously is for all of the wonderful residents who live there, many of whom are, are, are compromised, uh, in ways that my mom is not, um, you know, who are on oxygen, things like that, but they are hardcore locked down. You know, yeah. they are, no one is coming in or out, you know, yeah. the caregivers are doing nothing but going home from right. the, you know, from the facility. So I feel very, I'm, I'm so glad because, you know, if this had happened three, four years ago, uh, my mom was hiding what was going on and mm. um, she wouldn't have been able to do any of the things that are required of us right now. She just right. wouldn't have been able to hold those things in her mind. And right. Uh, and so, you know, timing wise, like if all of yeah. this was going to go down like it was, it's kind of the perfect time yeah. for, for in just in terms of like exactly that one human being um, yes. and how I perceive it for her. But, you know, weirdly, it's like, oh, thank God it's happening now. I know. It, uh, wait, so are you from Arizona? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Are you? Uh, my My husband is, too. And he has such a like insane affinity for the desert like is this like a an Arizona characteristic because I'm I'm telling you like he 
would have us move there tomorrow if I was like, yes, yeah. let's do it. It's like, it's like, ins- I'm like, what is, it's like, he's pulled to the desert. Like he's in a fucking Sam Shepard play. Like he's like, I love the desert. It's like very, it's very weird. I think it's, I think you're one or the other. Um, I was never that kid and I have remained not that person, but I, <laughs> but I'm, but I totally get it. Like on, on a, on, on some level, um, I I am so, I feel so connected to the desert in but at very but very specific times of year. <laughs> like yeah. I have to I feel very connected during monsoon season. I feel sure. very connected in like the winter and the early spring and yeah. then it becomes the most depressing landscape emotionally for me that I can possibly imagine. I mean, I had such seasonal affective disorder in the summer um which is very, you know, it's it's it gets warm quickly in It's in an Tucson. oven. It's an yeah. oven. It's and like it it's just not, was not good for me. I mean, Houston is like um, it's also extremely hot, but it's like very humid. It's a it's a, also a terrible kind of hot, and and there's yeah. like mosquitoes that are trying to kill you constantly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like whenever we go to Arizona in the summer, I'm like, the, it. I'm literally stepping into an oven and I'm being cooked. It's like a very yeah. strange. It's not good for humans. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't support human life. It's very but some intense. people really, I mean, yeah, I mean, I really have like, I, I, one of my dearest friends is from uh, Tempe and she is very much like your husband. Like she will go, she, she will go to Palm Springs, you know, in, in June. Um, and that's good for, she loves it. She loves it. Yeah. Um, and, and I, as a, even as a child was just chunk chasing cooler weather like where can we go I want to go to you know where can I go to school in the mountains can I live by the bay how many days can I have fog Uh, 364 is is perfect like (laughs) just very much not that person but when I go to Tucson now my my relationship with the desert is so positive because I'm in control (laughs) yeah I'm totally in control of how long I'm there what time of year it is you know I can I can control my experience so that it really is the sort of like quintessential desert experience yeah Um, yeah, but I couldn't I couldn't surrender to it uh on a regular basis in any way shape or form or I would be the most unhappy person yeah no I'm I'm with you it is very beautiful though in December and now we're talking about the weather we're literally talking about the weather on your podcast I'm so sorry I did this oh Um, I'm very comfortable with it uh (laughs) he's from um uh Scottsdale yeah. Okay. Sure. Phoenix. Phoenix. Uh, area. Yeah. yeah. A lot of lot of family. A lot of family up there. Um, yeah. So I'm going to ask you a couple more uh, teenage questions uh, as a tip of the hat to the actual theme of my podcast, and then we'll move yeah. into this mash game that um, that I play at the end. Which have okay. you played mash? Have we talked about yes, this? Yes. Ma- absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I loved we'll, it as a as we'll, a teenager. Yeah. We'll get into that as sort of a positive palate cleanser uh, at the end, but. Um, but you j- because I just want to touch a little bit on what you were talking about with a sort of like um, m- maybe more liberal attitude towards rules and regulations and stuff like that. Was was that something that came into play? Like, do you think that that was something because if it didn't change after you got pregnant, um, was that something that you that, that you think your parents were sort of questioning? Like, oh, God, if we had been more strict? Because it doesn't sound like they suddenly then became strict parents. No, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, I, I think that... Not to say, by the way, that they... The, again, I'm not saying it is their responsibility. Like, I mean, I had parents who were incredibly 
like friends who had incredibly liberal parents and they didn't get pregnant and I had friends who were yes. very 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 strict and they could not get pregnant fast enough yeah like, yeah, yeah totally, you, I, totally. It's, you know it, it's it's all over the map there's no rhyme yeah. or reason necessarily to that stuff but yeah I think that um you know I like I remember we we did like I had an alarm system on my window that I disconnected like I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, like I. Okay, two opposing things. Like I was a really good student. Um, I was like very studious. I was very like into school. I was very into um, activities. You know, like I loved doing theater and I loved all of that stuff. But then I also like was terrible. Like I did drugs and I smoked pot all the time and I like lied to my parents and I would I would go on the roof and smoke constantly. And one time my dad literally like handed me an ashtray. I remember when I was like 14 or 15 he's like <laughs> if you're going to smoke, do it outside. Oh, like a normal person oh. so that I don't have to take you to the emergency room at three in the morning. Like, I'm, I'm not right. a fucking idiot. I know what you're doing. You know, it right. was like, right. it was kind of incredible. But like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I remember um, just kind of like my brother and I lived upstairs and my parents lived downstairs and we just kind of like did what we wanted. I don't know. It was. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that that changed. Um pre or post um you know and I don't think that my parents necessarily ever were like this is the kind of household we're gonna have I think that it was like very different then in terms of parenting when we were growing up like I don't parenting wasn't even a word I don't even think people (laughs) talked about how are you parenting like it wasn't analyzed it was just like you just had children or you didn't you know and Uh and we would ride our bikes around the neighborhood and we would like have our friends over constantly. And, um, I don't know, like my dad was eight years older than my mom. My my dad didn't have us until he was like 40, 43, you know, like he was an older parent. And so I think, you know, like they just kind of let us do what we did. I don't, I don't know. My experience of it too is also probably very different than what they think it was. Like I've never mm, even had this conversation with them, but I wonder yeah. if they, if they, or what they think about it. I think that they, um, I don't know. Like we, we did all these cool stuff. Like we went on the family vacations and we always went to summer camp and, you know, like we got a lot of great things. We were very privileged. Um, but we were also like shitty. <laughs> we did like <laughs> bad, terrible things. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like and it wasn't and, like I was like I wasn't a teenager that was like I'm smoking pot all the time and not going to school. I was like smoking pot all the time and like going to school and I was a great student. My teachers loved me. It was like I was always able to like burn in at both ends very intensely. A hundred percent. I'm not going to go into it because anybody who listens to my podcast knows that I'm exactly the same. So um, just know that again. Uh, very me. relatable <laughs> very relatable like the la- like the last the last comparison I made I think um was that my dad would let me borrow his Eddie Bauer flannel shirts to wear with my black lipstick to like <laughs> yes. go smoke pot somewhere but he 100% was not thinking that I was smoking pot like so yes. that's di- that's different in the sense that like if my dad knew I was smoking he would have cracked down on me so hard but I think there's sort of like like 
that there's there's some conversation being had of like, well, yes, you know, the natural assumption if she's doing X, Y, and Z would be that she's also doing, you know, A, B, and C, but she's getting great grades and her teachers love her. Yes. So she can't yes. be doing A, B, and C because totally. I would know. And it's totally. like, oh, no, I can do. I can. I'm doing I it can. all. I'm doing it I all. I can be like the worst and the best. It was like yeah. truly. Yeah. And my dad was so, um, my dad you know like wrote textbooks like he, he like he he's a very left-brained um analytical science-driven smart practical human you know and so for him it was like let me see your report card all right cool checks out you know right and right right yeah 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 it was like my get out of jail free card it was like oh well if you have all 99s on your report card then uh then good we're all doing a good job here have fun you know well no wonder no wonder the sort of like results orientedness of that would like play such havoc for you with the pregnancy because that's this sort of the opposite yes. fact right here's this irrefutable fact that has to be dealt with and i and i have to involve you um and then i will spend the next several years doing so many things that that's sort of canceled out <laughs> like, totally. like exactly like, the num- like literally the numbers will weigh yes. out like you will Let have to achieve... look at the numbers and say check check yeah. check 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 yep. well seven is more than one Yes. So, yeah, let me achieve my way out of this hell, you know, like I can do yeah. that. Um, and yeah, like I, 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 I definitely think that was part of my like ability to push the envelope is that I was such a great student. I mean, they would worry my brother, my brother, like started a sketch comedy group when he was 14. He played the drums in a band. He, I mean, he always did everything he wanted to do and then his grades were like eh like we didn't know if he was going to um be like the most successful person in the world or the least it could have gone Mm. either direction yeah Um, yeah. because he was just so like wired to do the things that he only wanted to do and I was much more of a rule follower you know like I was breaking the rules but I appeared to be a rule follower um and then my parents like just didn't and my husband and I talk about this a lot like I never was talked to about sex. I was never talked to about things that I genuinely plan to talk to my kids about very young. Like, yeah, my kid, my daughter knows all about consent, all about it. Like, she talks about her yeah. vagina all the time, you know, in public. <laughs> like, she's telling me, like, you know, this is my body. These are my parts. I mean, I, I, like, my parents never told me all that shit. Like, I, right. we didn't talk about that. It's not like, I don't even think that they even thought like we're not going to talk about this I just think it didn't occur to them that yeah I would need to know how sex works I don't know I mean yeah and it wasn't even like when I had sex for the first time it wasn't even like and now I'm going to have sex it was like oh my friend like gave me a condom let's just try it you know like it wasn't even (laughs) like this like very special monumental thing it was just like oh fuck it let's do this you know like I was like risk risk taker I wanted to like do all the things I wanted to try everything and you know I didn't I like a lot of teenagers I felt like I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof and nothing can happen to me um and I'm like always like thanking God that the internet didn't exist when I was a teenager because like oh my I don't even know what I would have put up there you know it's like oh god absolutely oh absolutely but but also like I think but I, but, and, and then I really will get into the Smash game, but, but 
once again, we're talking about holding these two different conflicting existences in, in our minds because uh, you and I have also just acknowledged in the course of this conversation that we had this sort of like underlying fear and anxiety um, from very young. And so that's what I think is really interesting too is that um, that that you can that there can be some kind of like when I look at the things that I avoided doing or that I you know I was fearful of and versus the things that I did that were risks um, it, it, again there's a sense of like how could both of those things be going on like how could I be so take such a risk and be so stupid in this way that you would think that like if I was afraid to learn how to drive because I was afraid that I would get in an accident and kill someone how can that same person like drop acid yes and be and be so like this acid. is cool so much like what I, I, how I, how is that how do those things like reconcile? wouldn't ask, you would think that one and yeah. the other couldn't you know you would think that like oh surely this kind of kid is not going to do this kind of thing so there's a weird like yes. immortality. Yeah. It's like it's like some part of your body and soul we knew how mortal we were, but like just like everyone else has to when you're a teenager, that just went dormant and or came out in other ways as we continued to just be totally stupid as if we did think we were going to live forever. Yeah. Yes. And I I I always I I feel like the acid thing, like to this day, I'm I'm like, I mean, I was a teenager in the '90s. Like, they passed it out in the vending machines at my school. I went to like a performing arts high school. It was like a bunch of like weird art kids, and everyone was on drugs. Like, yeah. like I I don't even how this is what I'm always thinking about. How did I manage to spend eight or nine hours tripping? <laughs> and my parents weren't like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, such a long experience. It's a long it's, It takes forever to be it's on a acid. Long time. It takes it's forever. Like, it's not an hour. It's like <laughs> it you're a, committing. It is a work day. You're clocking Full in and out day. even if Full you're doing it overnight. Yeah. Yes. It's like I'm I'm always like, why? Wh how was I taking acid all the time? And my parents did not know. I, I know. And I, w I mean, I would do crazy shit. Like I... I, w I had to work like in a co costume shop like you know I went to I was in the theater department and it's so, like everyone had to do these after school crews and I would like take acid and then go to costume shop and like do the sewing stuff and then like w like be at school high like what what Oof. I mean crazy right like yeah. and that, that's what you were saying it's like that's not the kind of kid that I, I also like tutored grammar at lunch I was like such a nerd <laughs> right, in the English department right. that I was like the star student who tutored grammar, you know, like yeah. it was <laughs> it's like very confusing person. <laughs> like I, I just get it. I get it and I get it and I get it. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad because I feel like there's not a ton of us. I feel like it's like I a mean, weird... yeah, I, yeah, I think I think it's a specific I think there's I think there's a ton of us, but I think um some people don't recognize yet that they were that and then uh and then also there's just a ton of people in the world so like i it's you know true. i'm uh, we i'm i think that the chances that i've met a handful more than i would have were i not doing a podcast with creative people about their teenage years like i'm also like i very much am sort of like studying that so it comes up a little bit more than it ever would otherwise i mean um, do you talk to like because you do talk to a lot of creative people or a lot of creative people you talk to 
overachiever rebel types. Like that's how I would like if I were to characterize what I was is like overachiever, you know, good student, but also like give me a line and I will and I will push it and and right. I like you know what I mean it's like it's I mean, like I feel like it's just as I feel like it's just as common as any I mean I, it's, I'm sure there's like somebody who knows my own podcast better than I do who's like well Janet actually but I sort of <laughs> feel like it's I feel like I, I kind of feel like I've for the most part it's like equal parts it's 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 an equal amount of those kids as there were an equal amount of like very straight laced like I was afraid of sex and I was religious at an early age to I was kind of a shit student, but I was a great performer and I didn't care about school. Like, I feel like there's sort of a mix of about every third person may have an element of what we're talking about. Probably not in those extremes. I think the idea of being an excellent student and dropping acid is very rare. Like I do kind of think <laughs> like that is not something I've come across many times. That is my uh, archetype. So excellent I don't mean to, I don't mean to acid. underplay that. I don't mean to underplay that because that's, uh, that's pretty extraordinary. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I've met my match here today. <laughs> but maybe there are a bunch of kids from the nineties who were like, Oh dude. Yeah, totally. I was valedictorian. Like <laughs> I know can, I was can, valedictorian can, and my favorite yeah. fucking, I loved sugar cubes. Like, <laughs> Like to have a very specific opinion about what kind of acid you wanted. Oh my god! So I, can bizarre. people write in? People, please write in. But the, the, yeah, let's all get the some... '90s kids. I need to know. I need yeah. to know the ratio yeah. here. <laughs> oh, oh! It's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. You wept as we crafted the tragic tale of Jar Jar, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Dude, like he forgives Darth Vader. Lisa <laughs> still love you, Annie. <laughs> you gasped out loud at the shocking twists of Face Off 2. Face is wild. He takes his kid's face. What? <laughs> now we're writing an entire screenplay week by week on Story Bricks Season 2, Heaven Heist. Hey folks, Freddie Wong here with some exciting news about Story Break, the writer's room podcast where three Hollywood professionals have one hour to spin cinematic gold. We're shaking up our format by turning Heaven Heist, one of our favorite ideas we've ever come up with on the show, into a full screenplay. Heaven Heist is an action comedy about a crew of misfit gangsters robbing the celestial bank of heaven. Think a Coco meets Point Break. Join us as we write this crazy movie scene by scene and get an inside look at the screenwriting process on our podcast Story Break every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. So I'm going to get into this mash game with you. Uh, I would like to start with uh, the problem is is that I am always sort of waiting for the divine intervention slash inspiration of, okay, these are the things that we talked about and this is how they are informing uh, this mash game. But I also have some categories that I that I kind of insist on always doing because they are personally pleasurable to me. So I'm going to start wow. with personally pleasurable, especially right. because we all have uh, a food anxiety that it's like, guess what? This is what it's like for people all over the world all the time. That's what this feels like, uh, mm. food anxiety. Um, but so we're going we're gonna to jump into um, one of my favorites, which is uh, three foods that in this alternate MASH universe that we're building, you can have at the snap of your finger and they can be really bad for you or bad for the environment, bad for, you know, like it's fattening or you have an allergy or it's killing mm. cows. In this alternate universe, everything is on an equal playing field. Nothing is bad. Magic mm. has happened. Three things that you can have at the snap of your finger, and it's never going to be bad. Oh, my gosh. 
Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, you really come out with them hardballs. I mean, this is like, <laughs> holy shit. This is the hardest interview I've ever done. Um, I love food. I love all food, so it's really hard to, to figure it out. Okay, so um, like I'm so you get, So like, you'll do yourself a favor by thinking of this as like, in the moment, my gut tells me to say these things rather than like I'm making a lifelong commitment to these yeah, answers yeah, yeah. being true forever. You know what I mean? Yes, totally. Um I love like a this is like ter- I I like a like a really good like steak and baked potato like sure. with all the shit in it like sure. I can totally like get that I could I love that like that's that's great I mean you really wouldn't want it at the step of the fingers it makes you feel like shit but um so that would be like one of my one of my things and then like I love a um like a on the other side of the spectrum like a like a shirashi like a like a oh, platter sure. of rice with like a bunch of raw fish everywhere that I can just like yes. You know, like I would, that sounds like if I could eat that every day for lunch, that I would be like, I don't know, Gwyneth Paltrow or something like that. That yeah. sounds good to me. <laughs> um, and then, like, you know, um, like a an open buffet of ice creams. Like, oh I, I always like a want, Sunday bar. Like, yeah, a sun, like, like a I Sunday want bar. that. If I could have that every night to end yeah. my day, like yeah. a banana split or like, yeah, like totally. I with like all the shit on it. Like, I would one hundred percent like get get into that. Yeah, yeah. I really mm. miss. I I do really miss that. I miss being like today. I just wanted almost more chocolate sprinkles than there was ice cream. And then the next yeah. day it was like, I don't know. I was feeling pretty simple. I just had like a simple chocolate with a caramel drizzle. Totally. Yeah. Um, and then like yesterday fantastic. I needed a BLT. I needed it. I needed it. Yeah. I like my husband like put on his gloves and his mask and like went to Target to get like diapers <laughs> and shit. And I was like, get me bacon. Like I need to eat this it was like yes. a, a desperate plea for comfort in the form of blt so i don't know i get it i get it uh okay next category let's do three directors that mm. and i'm assuming uh that cinema will work for you three directors that you get to sort of shadow uh to like like maybe it leads to a collaboration now I know this is an interesting question because some directors like are very talented and also are terrible people or you wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to be a part of their process but again let's sort of tug out the shitty stuff and just keep this all positive like imagine that you know Stanley Kubrick is like a pleasure to work with even if he has a series of things on index cards that make him seem like an insane person um (laughs) three so three directors that you get to sort of shadow slash collaborate with from the world of cinema Oh man. Um, okay, so uh, P.T. Anderson. Uh, anything that 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 person makes, I'm like just always massively riveted by. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like the storytelling and yes. all of it. Um, so that would be that would be one. Um, I'm like I'm going through my whole thing. I'm like thinking, and, and what's making me really fucking mad at myself right now is I'm thinking of all men. I like, know. I'm, I know. I'm like, that's not just it's myself. Not your I'm like, fault. it's ugh. not your fault. That's how we were raised. I mean, we were raised like to oh be exposed to male directors like 99% yeah. of the time. I like hate myself right now. I'm, I'm no. literally You're like, not allowed like, to hate like, yourself. Oh, here's the, oh, I know. Wes Anderson. I love Wes Anderson. Oh, the Softy Brothers are great. Oh, oh yeah. Coen Brothers I are really know. good. I'm like literally like going through my Rolodex of like all men. And I think they're I probably know. all straight and white. Ugh, God, I'm <laughs> disgusting. I, I hate myself but, right now. Uh, no, you know no, what I'm saying. No. I know what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, but I, I do. God, that's so shitty. Um, 
Yeah. That sucks. I need to work on that. Maybe this will be my. But um, we're also my we're also talking. Well, we're talking about. It's not like I'm saying. You know, who do you wish you were, or what? It's like they. If for whatever reason, what you've been exposed to is you know sort of stylistically and thematically, is that's that's a the feeling that it evokes for you and that it has inspired you to be artistic and creative, then that's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, and I I mean the directors that inspired me like. I when I was like in my 20s you know I was like I went to art school and I was like trying to figure out how do I be a creative professional in the world and like that's when I was like inhaling who am I artistically like what's my aesthetic like what storytelling do I value and frankly 20 years ago like that's uh what we had you know like I'm not that's what I'm saying yeah no it's so true I I like I, yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but that's so, so, so true. Like, I don't really um, inhale stuff in the same way, <laughs> pun intended, yeah. um, no, 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 no. like um, I, I mean, did 20 I, years I, ago. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And also, Although, like, it gets tricky because I'm like, I, I, I have tremendous respect for Catherine Bigelow, for Ada, yes. Ada DuVernay. Like, I have tremendous respect for those women. That doesn't necessarily mean that I, that I'm like, yes, that is the style that I also like, feel that very I'm inspired drooling by. Over. That is, that is a yeah. voice I can relate to that I feel like I've been inspired by, you know? Totally. Um, like, if you gave so me more time, okay. I would, like, come up with my, like, very um, inclusive list that would right. make me look like a better person. Um, also, whoever directed Tiger King, I would shadow them because I truly do think it is the best. That was a masterful. Yeah, I've I'm putting ever Tiger King people. Fucking scene in because I my like the life. idea of getting a documentary in here. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch McMillions? No, no. Oh, you've got to watch McMillions. Okay. Yeah, okay, you've got to well. watch McMillions because it also does a wonderful job of. Whereas with with. Uh, with Tiger King, I end up feeling like I sort of hate everyone, but I sort of love everyone. Uh, but but there's a real sense of like, I don't know, I, maybe all of these people are just doing the absolute worst. Yeah. Um, but but like <laughs> with McMillions, um, I feel like you end up walking away with an affection towards sort of everyone involved except for one person. Um, all these people that were a part of this thing that you sort of start out thinking like, what a bunch of dicks. Like these guys yeah. were scamming this person and that. And But even like, but the FBI is sort of annoying. And, and then you sort of at the end go like, you know what? I love all these guys. Oh my god, I gotta watch it. It's there's really, it's really good. There's a good, ba- right there's a no, good switching good. back and forth that happens okay. uh, in the same way that I think that you, you that you enjoyed about Tiger King for sure. Yeah, we finished last night and then like started on the next season of Ozark. So after we finish that, yeah, because Netflix the, um, told you that that's what was going to happen to you because I did the exact same thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, and now you're starting exactly. Ozark season three. We're all three. the same. We're all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so we have P.T. Anderson. We have Tiger King people. Hmm. Yeah. And then we need uh, one more. Put Wes Anderson on there. I'm I'm mm. I, I know. I like the Anderson boys. I can't I, I can't help it. I He creates I a world. Agree. He creates a good world. It's a world building. It's world building. It's it really is world building. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, beautiful. Okay, next category in our mash game, we're gonna get some romantic exploits in this alternate universe. So three people. Uh, I don't care if they're alive, dead, from a different time period, like Paul Newman circa blank, or, you know, a cartoon, or, like, it, it's it's wi- literary figure, it's wide, wide open, three people that you want to have this sort of, like, you'll have a romantic exploit with, or a long-term thing with, up to you, uh, in this oh, alternate God. universe. Oh, God, I'm trying to, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, 
all the people that when we watch TV were like, oh, I want him, I want him. Oh my God, um, that that young man from The Bachelor recently. He's just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Tyler, I want him on my list. Okay, um, Tyler from The Bachelor. My husband, I think, also agrees. We're obsessed with The Bachelor. We're like, so fucking basic. Um, <laughs> so let's put him on. That's a slam right. dunk right there. Um, I loved um, Brad Pitt in Legends in the Fall. So I want mm, yeah. I want Brad Pitt from Legends in the Fall, not yep. another era Brad Pitt. Um, and oh man, let's see. Oh my God, Jordan Catalano, Jordan Catalano, amazing. Yeah, oh, amazing. let's let's have him on there. Which feels weird because now I'm an old woman and he's like 17 in that in that movie. But again, when I was like 14, I really loved Jordan Catalano. So let's put him on there. Yeah, let's do three places in the world. Getting there is no issue. You're sort of teleporting there, and uh, and and you have a vacation home there. But vacation home can mean mm-hmm. you know you're in the middle of a city. It doesn't necessarily have to mean like oh I'm you know on yep. a beach. And it's not coronavirus. Yeah. Okay. And, it's, and, and it's coronavirus free. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Uh, let's do Japan. Uh, right. Just the whole the whole country. Let's just put the whole country there. Um, let's do. Uh, New Zealand. Yep. And let's do like a Belize. Let's do a Belize. Okay, perfect. Next category, let's do three. Let's do three female buddies, like a like a like a pal. Again, mm-hmm. it could be a fictitious person, could be someone from history, could be um, uh, yeah, like a cartoon. Uh, I don't care if it's a female animal from the cartoon from cartoon from the cartoons. I'm saying yep. that like I'm from another yep. planet. From <laughs> the cartoons you have. <laughs> What's happening? Oh my god, I love it. Um, so three, three like best friend people. Yeah, like yeah, that you that you're just be like, this is what I'm a chum around with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well now that I'm like, I just can't stop thinking of my so-called life. So let's put Rayanne on the list because she was so right. much fun. Um, right. Let's put um, Susan Laurie Parks because she writes the best plays in the world. And I was always my favorite playwright in the world. So I'd like to chum around with her. Great. And let's do. Um, hmm. Man. Okay. 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 Uh, why is it so hard to think of like, um, like I'm like, I'm thinking of a million women. Um, like I was like Oprah. That seems too generic. Um, but I but love you wouldn't her. be wrong. You wouldn't I be wrong. I love her. I love her. I love her. I've, I put her I, on I, there. All right, I'm putting her on. I'm putting her put on. Put her on there. Her on. All right, I'm putting. This her is on. for you. You don't have to. You're not. You don't have to prove okay. something by I, coming up with right. someone obscure. Okay. okay good. Great. Then I'm done. again. I put the bachelor on my list. So yeah, let's put her on. Yeah, own it. Just own it and okay. lean right I'm on owning it. it. I'm owning uh, it. Okay. Let's do three uh, real life kind of skills that uh, you would like to wake up with tomorrow and be an expert at suddenly. Mm. Uh, okay, three life skills. I would say um, I would love to like be a chef. I, I, I'm ter- I, don't, I don't know how to do any of that. So I would like to do that. Um, just for like the practical reasons of like feeding my family is very challenging for me every day of my fucking life. Um, I get it. Figuring out what to put in people's bodies. Uh, let's do that. Let's do 
sewing, like crafting. Um, uh, oh God, what? Um, these are I'm like thinking of all the things my daughter always wants me to do, and I don't know how to do. Um, I mean, sewing and crafting. Crafting uh, encompasses quite a lot. That's probably okay. A let's let's safe. do crafting. Let's do crafting. Great. I wish I was okay. like crafty, um, yeah. like the Pinterest people. That would be fun. Yes. Um, and then, um, being able to do like home repair. <laughs> I yeah. want to like yeah. be able to fix all the shit in my house. I would like yeah. to do that. Yes. Uh, agreed. Okay. Uh, next category, I'm going to do um, three. <laughs> oh, this God. is going to be weird. Because uh, oh, no. I, I don't because I don't know if your daughter I, I, I don't know if she like I don't know if, if your family is into this the way that you were when you were younger. But what if you could like open the door of a room that no one realized was in your house and it was like a like the best stage with the best scene design of uh, three different plays or musicals where you sort of like it's like oh you guys didn't know that we can just enact the sound of music on this like Broadway quality stage with like these amazing <laughs> where it's one of like like one of those scene like one of those set designs where you love that as much as you love the actual show you're watching you're like oh, yeah. oh the way yeah. they've got the ship moving and the waves in the background yeah. how did they even do that so totally. you have like a secret magical uh pl- musical slash play room and three of the the like plays that could that you would love to be have the set that you could just play on with your family oh my god um Okay, it's so funny. I was just thinking when I when you were asking about my directors, I was thinking about that scene from, um, oh God, what, uh, where uh, Jason, what's his name? Um, God, this is bad. It was like their school play, and it was like the most basically like whenever anyone does a school play in a movie, it's always yeah. like the most incredible scene you've ever seen. And yes. I'm thinking of what is the fucking movie? It was the one he did. I have to look it up. I have to look it up. It was with. Um, I'm going to email you like or text you like 30 minutes later and tell you what it okay. was. But it's basically the scene from whatever the movie that was. And they do like this whole war reenactment in it. It's 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 incredible. Um, oh, Schwartzman. for Rushmore? Yes. Thank you. Oh, good. Oh, my okay. God. Yes. God. Yes. Thank okay. you. Rushmore. Yes. The scene from Rushmore. I feel like that was Great. just like the most incredible scene I've ever seen. Um, so I'll take that one. I would take uh, if it's my family that's involved. Let's do Willy Wonka because. Great. Who doesn't want to play on that set? And then, ooh, Into the Woods. Into the Woods would be fun. Great, great, great. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, And then we're going to kind of continue with this uh, magical room theme since I think uh, we can all acknowledge that everyone is feeling the sense of, oh, yeah, remember when you could just go somewhere? (laughs) Yeah. So let's do three. You have the sort, again, it's sort of like you have this magical passageway uh, in your home that, that pops you out into... Um, basically anywhere it could be, you know, in the middle of a forest or suddenly mm-hmm. you're on the mountaintop in Switzerland, three places that you can, that you can go to sort of escape being inside, but it's magic. So it's not like breaking any of the rules. Yeah. Uh, I love a beach, any beach. I like just put me on a beach. So let's just do that. Let's do beach right. ocean landscape. Um, Let's do um, in Holland. There's like all those like beautiful like tulip fields and windmills. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I love yep. how it looks. The countryside there is so gorgeous. I'll put that on there. Um, and 
Um, the last one would be um, some sort of like mountain retreat, <laughs> like on the side of a mountain, right. yep. <laughs> isolated. <laughs> mountain retreat. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, give me a number between one and seven. Three. Okay. I'm going to do my little mash calculating. I normally would pause, uh, but when we're both recording, I feel like that just messes up the sync. So we can both continue to record. Um, I would say uh, any total dead time can be um, definitely edited out by my wonderful producer, Julian. But while I do this, I might be able to get it done fast enough that you can tell people about your book, about your podcast, and mm. anything else that you know you that people should be Promote. checking out. If I were if I were listening to this episode and I wasn't already familiar with you, I would be very hungry for more. Aww, so uh, you're nice. Please, um, uh, please tell the wonderful people where and how and who and what and when. Okay. Yes, I will do that. I love self promotion. Um, so I, you can find you can find me. Uh, at, I host a show called Last Day, um, which is sort of a depressing premise, but we basically um, deep dive into the opioids crisis in season one. There's 25 episodes. It's like deeply narrative. Um, I also bring. Uh, myself to the table so it's it's funny when it can be uh it's not a total bummer um i encourage you to listen to that if you have someone struggling struggling in your life or you are or anyone you know um that has addiction but also uh if you don't like apparently people have been saying that they like the show even if they aren't dealing with that so last day look at that look at that up um i have a company called lemonada media and uh we do we do podcasts and so any of our shows, you can find us at lemonademedia.com. Uh, my book is called Everything is Horrible and Wonderful, a tragic comic memoir of genius, heroin, love, and loss. It is a very short title. I'm uh, not long-winded <laughs> at all. So, Turns out life my is complicated. <laughs> it's T- very turns complicated. Turns out any memoir should have that long of a title because yes. life is very complex. Um, and then, yeah, you can find me, like, you know, ranting on Twitter and all the other places at Whittle Stephanie. Whittle Stephanie. That's wonderful promotion wonderful yeah. okay i have some uh results that i'm feeling very good mm. about oh my god i cannot wait i cannot wait i'm so excited okay let's hear yeah it. i think i think you'll be pleased i think you'll be pleased <laughs> okay so first of all i want to congratulate you on uh your beautiful house in belize oh which is kind of great because not only do you have this vacation home in Belize that you can transport to, but you also just have the simplicity of like, oh, by the way, you can also open a door in your home and be kind of on any beach. Mm. Oh, so you I'm have loving this. We're getting a loving real beach this. theme. We're getting I a real it. beach theme. That's um, all I need. Yeah. I don't know how... Uh, it, it, the only thing that's sort of funny to me about it is the idea of you eating like a really rich, wonderful steak and potatoes <laughs> meal while yeah. you're on the beach. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. well, you could keep those things separate if you want. You could keep them I separate. I love it. I uh, love it. 
but uh, I, but yeah, you you also have um, this access to uh, the Into the Woods set where oh, wow. I think there's there, that that's giving you your woodsy environment, right? Sure. It's this kind of sure, like sure, extraordinary sure. Uh, set design of uh, of the world of Into the Woods. Um, if something goes wrong with that, like a tree falls over mm. or something else happens, like the tree falls over, knocks over through a wall, and then breaks yep. the toilet in the ba- in the mm-hmm. bathroom next door. Rest assured, you have uh, your genius home repairist. Wow! So wow. anything that happens, you can handle. You're gonna fix it I've right back wanted. up again. No <laughs> problem at all. Easy peasy. Uh, I I see a, I see some sort of um, like inspiring show that will come out of that because Oprah is a dear friend of yours, oh, and so I know I that she's it. gonna want to be like, look at this extraordinary woman living her best life. Wow! Uh, let's I'm so let's, honored. Let's let's celebrate that in every way possible. Um, you also have uh, the uh, ability to work with uh, P.T. Anderson um, in some sort of collaboration, uh, wow. which I think is going to be quite wonderful. Um, I'll be very excited to see what sort of crazy thing comes from both of your brains combined. Deeply honored. Uh, and then when you just need to like, you know, lie down and have sex with somebody I want you to be very comfortable and by the way your husband as well because you have ended up with Tyler from The oh, Bachelor Threesome City <laughs> your first wow. choice your first I, choice I have never been so delighted to hear that's right that's right <laughs> it's all happening it's all happening oh man I'm 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 deeply deeply moved by this um by this world Good. you've created for me thank you so Good. much that wow. makes me very happy wow uh, I, I as you as you I, and then as you were saying it I like do other people I was like why didn't I say this person why didn't I say this person oh yeah for sure it, it comes with the territory there's yeah. there's no, no way was, to avoid that there's no way to but that's why I've sort of like I'm like I just want people to recognize that it's okay if this is the mood they're in in this moment and that it changes in five minutes it's um, really as long as it's, it's as long as it's something that you like enough to have said once um yeah it's worth getting steak uh, and potatoes on the beach why steak I'm, and potatoes on the beach I just have a never... hot steaming mashed potatoes yeah. as you're Sounds sitting incredible. on a beach Incredible. Um, thank you so much for doing the podcast, my new friend. This has been oh such gosh, a pleasure. Uh, it's a wonderful, a wonderful way to spend a, a Sunday morning in quarantine. Um, yeah. And uh, and you and and um, well, I guess I can stop recording in a second. Then we can get into the juicy details of wanting to make sure I get um, the pictures of you and stuff. But yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you for doing the podcast. Uh, everybody, check out Stephanie's other awesome stuff. And I will talk to you next time. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.